Hey, so uh, we uh, welcome, my name's Chris, I'm the campus pastor here. Thank you for being here with us. I know you all want to know if you're going to get some of this cake here. Uh, let me tell you, it smells like sugar, just pure sugar. Uh, and uh, you, can, might, you might be able to tell, it used to say happy birthday. <laughs> we had these candles lit during the first service, and so they melted just a bit faster than I thought they would. Uh, but we have a birthday cake here, and uh, there's, there's, I was telling the first service, you know, when, um, I think it was my 25th birthday, uh, Ez decided that she wanted to throw me a huge birthday party. Uh, we invited a ton of friends and family uh, to come out to it, uh, and uh, it was going to be this huge birthday bash. We were at the lake and all this kind of stuff, and so um, there's no more wick on the A, so I don't really know. That was not going to have any fire on it. Uh, but uh, she was throwing this huge party for me, and I decided, you know what will be great is I will surprise her because she's doing all this work for me, so why don't I propose to her at my birthday party that she's planning. And so she had made this cake, and I was like, it'll be great. So at the end, you know, she brings a cake out, and I get to, like, make my wish and blow out the candles. I'll ask her to marry me. So romantic and sweet, right? Very thoughtful, considerate. I know. Uh, be impressed, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so she made this cake, and she brought it out. And, and what I didn't, and this doesn't really have anything to do with the sermon yet. So, but what I didn't realize is that uh, it's terrifying to ask somebody to marry you. Uh, and that's just if there's like two of you. But when there's like 50 of your fam, uh, family and closest friends, it's like a real situation. And so uh, I was so nervous, I forgot to get down on one knee, and I'll never live it down. So it was like I was standing here, and then she was kind of over here in like the second row. And so I went to get down on one knee, but then I was like, well, I'm kind of far away. So I was like, went to get down on a knee, and I was like, um, all right. And then I just kind of stood back up, and the whole thing's on video, so I'll never be able to live it down. It's just a part of our history forever. We're losing all of these candles. Uh, but there's this thing with a birthday cake especially where you know what's happening at a birthday party when there's a bunch of people huddled in a kitchen and lights start getting turned off and then you see the candlelight kind of come out and, and what happens next? Can you guys just help play a little bit? What should we be doing right now? So, yeah, very beautiful. Some of you are not singing, and I'm a little bit angry about it, John. <laughs> uh, okay, see, that's the moment. It's like, wait, what are we singing to? Ah, oh, they all went out. My illustration is failing before my eyes. Uh, but there's this moment where when you bring a cake out, when you bring out a birthday cake, we're going to see what happens. We're going to just burn it down here. I can just burn some of this ribbon, right? Uh, but there's this moment with a cake where, whatever, you guys will still be able to, just imagine that there's candles glowing. But you bring out a cake and there's an expectation. Everybody knows what to do. I don't really have to tell anybody what to say. I don't really have to tell anybody what to do. You, everybody just kind of has this, this knowledge of I know what's expected of me and I am going to sing and it's not going to be pretty. Uh, the only time it gets confusing is when it's like a birthday party and you, you don't know, like you know the person by one name and everybody else knows the person by another name. So it's like a family member. So it's like happy birthday, dear mom, Suzanne, grandma, or whatever, like all the slashes kind of in between. But there's an expectation that we all know. I don't have to explain to you guys what I need you to do when I walk into a room with a birthday cake. But the second thing with a birthday cake is that this happens every time, and I can't give you the full example of this because I took too long telling my silly story, but you, you light the cake and then you walk into a room kind of like this. 
the birthday cake shuffle, right? It's like very gently, you hold your breath, you don't want to blow out the candle, you protect it from the wind, the gust of wind from your walking. There's kind of this protection that just naturally happens. So you, you naturally know what you should be doing, and I naturally know what I should be doing. There's an expectation and there's a protection. And today what we're talking about is we're in kind of week three of this series, is we're talking about those two things in all of our relationships. We're talking about expectations, and we're talking about protection or boundaries. And, and these are two things that I kind of want to use this, this metaphor, this illustration of a birthday cake. This kind of represents our relationships, especially mine, because it always has to do with food, I guess. It's like the perfect illustration for my relationships. Um, but it kind of represents our relationships and where there's expectations built into our relationships. And there's also like a protection that we kind of naturally, there, there are different things we move to protect and to take care of moment by moment. And this is true of all of our relationships. This is true of all of our friendships. There's a clear expectation of what we should do when we see this cake. And in many of our relationships, there are clear expectations of what's expected, but a lot of times there's also some, some questions about what should be expected in our relationships. There's missed expectations. There's a natural protection of what's important with this cake. And sometimes in our relationships, we protect certain things, but there's also a lot of times that we, we don't actually pay much attention to what we should be protecting. This series during Family Month, each week we've been looking at a different phrase. The first week was, tell me more. And the first week we spent time talking about how do we listen. And we don't just listen so that we can give our rebuttal like so many of us love to do. It's not listening so we can respond and destroy the other person's arguments. But it's listening because we care. Because we know that listening to them shows that we love them and that they have value. And we just genuinely want to understand and validate their feelings. It was tell me more. Last week, Pastor James talked about owning our part and saying, I am so sorry. Owning the mistakes. If you can just dig deep and find anything that you've done wrong in your relationships. I know it's hard. But owning that little thing that you may have done wrong like 10 years ago in some sort of friendship. Uh, owning our parts and, and acknowledging I'm not perfect and I'm going to take responsibility for the mistakes that I've made. And, and today, the phrase that we're talking about, the idea that we're talking about in all of our relationships, whether you're married or single or friends, you have adult family or, or small kids, whatever it is, but it's, it's this phrase of what's the plan, of having a conversation and coming up with a plan of what are we going to do. And this has to do with expectations and this has to do with boundaries and protection. And so this is what we're talking about Today, uh, I want to jump right into the first part, which is expectations. We all have expectations that we approach our relationships with, things we expect from people that we know, that we love, we're married to, friends with, whatever it might be. And to us, we don't necessarily even recognize them, or we wouldn't even call them as expectations. We would just call them the right way to do things. It's like, I shouldn't have to tell you what to do because it's so obvious that this is the best thing to do in this scenario. We kind of show up with this clear idea of, of course, everybody does it this way. This is what happened with Ez and I, our first two years of marriage. Uh, it was every Christmas was a, a scene for the first few years. She grew up in a very large Mexican family with very clear traditions. Uh, they all got together, spent all of Christmas Eve together. They ate a thousand tamales, and then they opened presents. Uh, the kids never went to bed, and so it was just an absolute madhouse by 9 p.m. And so it was just, and every, you know, all the parents are full and falling asleep, and all the kids are running the show at this point. Uh, and then there's this other aspect of, so my family, 
the sweet white family. Uh, we, we had casseroles uh, and stockings, and we would put gifts in stockings and hang them on the mantle. And, and there was like all of these little traditions that we had. And, and I mean, God forbid you ever open a present before Christmas morning. I mean, we had to be fully ready for the photographer, and I mean, everything had to be perfect for this. And so we show up and we get married, and we just assume that we knew how we were supposed to celebrate Christmas. It's an expectation that she would know, obviously, we're going to be with my family the entire, for 30 hours on Christmas Eve, uh, and we're going to, you know, this is the plan. And, and for me, it's like, well, obviously, you're going to fill stockings because this is what we've done for every year of my life growing up, and, and that was apparently not a thing for her family. And so there was just like all of these things that we just assumed well, my way is the, it's not only the right way, it's the only way. You know, it's like this is how we celebrate Christmas. It doesn't even cross our, our minds that maybe there are other ways to do things. Maybe there are other expectations that different people have. And so this is the reality for us. We all have expectations, but sometimes we don't realize their expectations because it's just obviously the way that it should be. I work with a lot of couples when they're doing like premarital counseling and things like this. And this is one of the main things we talk about because when a couple gets engaged, they don't start talking about whose responsibility it is to do the dishes. They start talking about how to plan a wedding. They don't talk about uh, who's going to do the grocery shopping or, or different things like that. They're, they're trying to create a guest list for this party, you know. And so there's this idea of getting clarity on what are the expectations that we have. And these expectations, they come from the families that we grew up in. Like, well, my mom always did this and my dad always did that. And so I expect you to always do that. And, I'll, and so they're kind of built into our family. Some of them, we get these expectations from you know, things that we wish our family was like. You grew up watching like TGIF on ABC. It's like, man, I want full house family or family matters or whatever. I always wanted like, I mean, how great would it be to have Urkel as your neighbor? It's like, but there's these expectations that we bring in. And, and with social media, it happens even more because you get to see what other people are doing. And then you start to get kind of this resentment of like, well, why don't I have that? Or why aren't we like that? Or why aren't we doing those types of things? Of course, a good husband would fill in the blank with whatever your expectation is. Of course, a loving wife would fill in the blank. Our kids should be able to fill in the blank. Uh, if my parents really cared, they would know that I need blank. My friends should know that I have to have blank. They, these are all expectations. We all have these types of thoughts, but we don't always necessarily articulate them as expectations, but it's a critical thing for us to do. When we assume that other people already know the right way to do things, we don't feel the need to tell them. And then when they don't do the things we expect them to do, we feel like it's because they don't love us, they don't care about us, they're trying to get back at us for something. There's a sense of like resentment that starts to build up. Having expectations isn't wrong, but holding other people to expectations that we haven't said out loud isn't fair. And I think that's an important thing to know. Your expectations are not wrong. I mean, they might be wrong. I can't say that all of your expectations are fair. But having an expectation in and of itself is not a bad thing. We all have them. But when we hold somebody else to an expectation that we haven't even told them exists, and we're giving them tick marks for every time that they fail to meet those expectations, and they don't even know what they're being graded on, <laughs> it's going to cause resentment. It's going to cause pain. I heard this quote, it said, unexpressed expectations are resentments waiting to happen. Unexpressed 
unexpressed expectations, our resentments waiting to happen. Because what's going to happen is they're going to keep not meeting our expectations, keep not meeting our needs. They never knew what they were supposed to be meeting anyways. And we just start to get more and more frustrated and more and more anxious and more and more. I had this one uh, couple I was friends with, and literally they were into their ninth year of marriage. And there was this giant blow-up fight because he had hated the way that she folded his laundry for nine years. And he was waiting for her to figure it out and do it the right way. And it was like this crazy thing. She was like, I would have done it a different way. This is just how I've always, and it was like, did not even need to be a fight. But there was this unexpressed expectation that just kind of built. At first, I was like, okay, I'll be fine, you know, whatever. And then over the years, it just builds and builds, and the resentment causes more and more pain in our relationships. So I want to jump into a passage in Matthew. Uh, we're going to look at Jesus' life. And, and there's a lot of things. When, when you talk about church, when you talk about sermons, when you talk about being a Christian, there's this thing where it's like, well, you can talk about Jesus, but of course Jesus didn't sin because he's Jesus. You know, it's like, of course I'll never be Jesus. There's, he's holy and he's perfect. He's a son of God. He, and so there's this aspect for us that we can kind of struggle with. But what Jesus models for us, any of us that are even just a little bit of a mess can still accomplish. What Jesus modeled for us in a way that he talked to the disciples is something that we can start to implement in our own lives. The first passage that I want to look at is in uh, Matthew 28. Uh, this passage is, is sometimes called the Great Commission. Uh, and it's towards the end of Jesus' life, and, and he's talking to the disciples, and he makes this grand statement. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So this giant, like, go to all nations, make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So again, like go to all the nations and teach them everything. Pretty specific. You know, it's like, yeah, go everywhere and tell them everything. It's like a very general, like, you know, just, just shoot in the dark and you'll hit it. You know, like go somewhere and say something and you're probably going to get this one right. It's like a very just general statement. It's a command that Jesus made, but he just told them it was very open-ended. Well, in Matthew chapter 10, uh, about a I don't know how long specifically, but it was probably uh, maybe a year before this uh, other passage. Jesus is talking to the same disciples, and he's sending them out again. It's the first time he sent them out, and he gives them a very different set of expectations. He says, these 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any town of the Samaritans. So like already he's like narrowing it down. He's sending the same people out, but he's got very clear expectations. Don't go to the Gentiles and don't go to the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. So at one point he's telling the disciples, hey, go everywhere and tell them everything I've told you. In another conversation, he's really being specifically clear. Go only to these places and tell them this one thing. The kingdom of, of heaven, the kingdom of Kevin. The kingdom of heaven is near. He's very specific. He's making really clear expectations for what they were supposed to do, where they were supposed to go, what they were supposed to say. And this might feel like an obvious statement, but sometimes obvious statements are still a difficult thing for us to hold on to and to implement. But it's unrealistic for us to expect that people in our life can give us what we need if we never tell them what that is. 
If you never tell somebody what you expect of them, if you never tell your husband, if you never tell your wife, your friends, your, your family, whatever it is, if you never tell people what it is that you need, it is unrealistic to expect that they will be able to meet those needs. They can try, and they probably are trying. They're probably doing their best to love you and care for you and, and be gentle with you and forgive you and supportive and all this kind of stuff. But, but are they doing it in the way that you have articulated that you need it? And have you even articulated it? And the deeper question that we have to wrestle with is, do you even know what you need? Do you even know what you need? Do you know what you need to be the best version of yourself? Do you know, like, so for me, I'm an extrovert. Uh, I was like 33 years old before I realized that I also have to be alone for a couple hours every day. Otherwise, I'm just a total mess. It's like I, I spent 33 years of my life just assuming, man, I'll be around people all day and all night, and I'll be totally fine. And it wasn't until like three years ago that I realized, man, I actually have to have some, just some time by myself in order to be an extrovert, which doesn't make any sense. But this is something I've learned about myself. And so the questions, and, and these, these this can cover a dozen different areas, but do you know what you need to be the best version of yourself? How can you invite somebody else to meet your needs if you don't know what your needs are. So there's, there's some introspective work that has to be done. And again, this, you know, and Nicole was talking about this Enneagram workshop. It doesn't matter if you're married or single or any kind of anywhere in between. Uh, this is a great way to start realizing what motivates you, what drives you to do things the way that you do things and drives your relationships. But also you start to understand what drives other people and it helps create compassion and understanding in different types of relationships. So if, if you're in a, in a journey of trying to learn, man, what is it that I need? How am I wired to think, to function, to act? Um, this would be a great option for you, that, that workshop, to, to be a part of. But there's this reality for us that it's unrealistic to expect people in our lives to meet our needs if we never tell them what the needs are. If we never say, what is the plan, and sit down and have a discussion with them, uh, one of two things will happen. If we never have a clear uh, conversation about our expectations, either you will make an executive decision for the relationship, for the group of friends, for your family, and then everybody else will be frustrated about the decision that you made and not help, not show up, not be happy about it. Or you'll allow somebody else to make an executive decision and then you will start to have resentment because they didn't consider your needs, they didn't consider what you wanted, your preferences. So when you sit down and just say, hey, let's have a conversation, let's come up with a plan of what the expectations are. I told you guys a few months ago about uh, my wife and I, uh, pretty shortly after we got married, we came up with hand signals so we could tell each other when we were ready to leave any gathering. It was like this whole like baseball, like he had no idea what was going. But it was like, hey, let's, let's go inside. We're going to hang out. We're going to go to this event. We're going to go to this party, whatever it was. Uh, and there was an expectation of, hey, when you let me know, then it'll be time to go. It was a very clear set. But we had that conversation. There's been other times we've gone to parties, gone to events, gone to whatever it is, and I've not paid attention to the hand signals. <laughs> and she was ready to go, and she was, like, throwing me signals and, like, tugging on my arm and, like, waiting in the car. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but there's, like, you know, how can, I, how can we sit down and come up with clear expectations? We have to have a conversation and come up with a plan. 
this phrase is something that we're all kind of, all of our pastors are holding on to this week is this idea of the importance we need to make a plan with the people that we love, not for the people that we love. We have to sit down and have a conversation with our spouse, have a conversation with our friends, have a conversation with our family. We don't just create a, a plan of attack for them and we're like Colin plays and they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> They're like, wait, what? What's happened? How did I fail you? I didn't even know that there was an expectation set. We have to create a plan with the people that we love. So expectations are a huge part of this. The second piece of this that I want to touch on is protection. So again, in this birthday cake of our relationship, there are certain expectations that we all are aware of, uh, and then there's also unsaid expectations that we need to start to clarify. The same way, there are certain things that I protect about this cake, and the perfect example of things that I forgot to protect about this cake is how long these candles would last for. I didn't even think to process through that one. But there's things in our relationships that we don't pay attention to. We don't even think about protecting or creating boundaries about. Uh, And so I want to make sure we spend some time talking about this because this has to do with our relationships and with coming up with a plan of how we show up in our relationships. When it comes to boundaries and and protections, uh, everything that I know about this, I pretty much learned from a book called Boundaries. Very creative name. Uh, It was written by um, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud and Townsend, and it sold literally like millions of copies. And so if you, just as a side note, if you are like, man, I need some boundaries in my life, uh, or I know somebody that needs some boundaries, this book is a massively helpful resource in creating healthy boundaries and healthy relationships. But today, I, I primarily want to just spend a few minutes, because I think a lot of times we don't even know if we're allowed to have boundaries, We don't even know if we're allowed to tell people no. Some of you guys have no problem saying no to people and and creating safe space. Other people might be a little bit more like me, and I have this, like, Christian guilt type of thing uh, where it's like I just feel bad every time I tell somebody no. Uh, An author named Anne Lamott, she said this, and I've always held on to this statement. She said, no is a complete sentence. It can be no, period. You don't have to give excuses. You don't have to make things right. You don't have to explain why you can't do something, why you can't show up. You don't have to feel this sense of guilt. No in and of itself is a complete full sentence, and it's okay to say no. It's okay to communicate that to the people in our lives. And in fact, it's important to communicate to the people in our lives uh, boundaries and things that we can and can't do. Part of developing healthy relationships And even developing spiritually, a a healthy spiritual life, part of that development process is learning to grow uh, a spine in our relationships and being able to say no. It's being able to set up boundaries and communicate expectations and say, this is too far. I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to allow this to happen anymore. I know that I can't do that because that will cost me too much and I won't be able to be healthy if I do that type of thing. It's being able to set up boundaries and protect ourselves and by nature we protect the relationship in that way. If these candles were still lit, uh, this would be a a perfect thing. But a a birthday candle is uh, a perfect example of our relationships because uh, they are fragile Like, we walk around protecting them. Like, I can accidentally blow it out just by talking around it. It's so fragile. And at the same time, that candle could literally burn down a building. It has limitless potential. 
uh, it could burn my hand, but also I figured out how to do that thing where I can put a, a candle out with my fingers and not get burned, you know, like when you're 12 and you think you're really cool. This candle has this, this power and this flame and this heat and this potential, and it's also fragile, and it can get blown out so easily, and it can be damaged, and it can run out of fuel. And our relationships are so much the same way to where there's so much potential, and they can do so much, but also they can be hurt and damaged. And, and oftentimes, we don't protect them in the way that we need to protect them. And if we can't honor and respect ourselves and be able to protect ourselves and our relationships, we'll never be able to honor and respect others. This protection of how we care for each other, the plan that we come up with, uh, if we are not able to care for ourselves and protect ourselves and set healthy boundaries, then our relationships will start to falter. Uh, I don't know, I, I know I'm, everybody's kind of wired a little bit differently, but I, I kind of have this voice in my head of when I, I get around people that um, are, I need to set boundaries with them for different reasons. There's this voice in my head that kind of says, well, you know what? Jesus carried his cross, and so this is your cross to bear. Like, as a Christian, you should just have to deal with it. You just have to allow them to walk all over you. You just have to allow them to hurt you because that's, we're called to love and forgive. And, and this is not what Jesus is inviting us to. This is not what Jesus modeled, is for us to allow people to walk all over us. Some of us are in this situation in relationships where we think that it's just our cross to bear. I, I need to do this. But the reality is that Jesus set boundaries around himself and he told the disciples to do it as well. There's one passage, we can't jump there right now, but there's a guy that came to Jesus and he said, hey Jesus, uh, I need you to settle this dispute between my brother and I and um, you're the best person to figure this out. And Jesus said, no. And basically walked away. <laughs> like just the most like, oh, thanks a lot, Jesus. Very kind and loving. Of, you know, it's like, but he knew like this is not his thing to do. This was not his issue to be involved in. There's other times where he would withdraw from people and find some solitude. He would create boundaries around himself. And in this passage in Matthew 10, when he's telling the disciples, don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to this town, uh, he's telling them very clear expectations. He goes on in verse 11, and he says, whatever town or village you do enter, search there for some worthy person and stay with them. So essentially, find somebody that is worthy of being with. And some of us need to understand and embrace that fact that we can search for people that are worthy of being with. We have to guard ourselves and guard our relationships and not just accept anything that shows up into our life, but be intentional and make sure that it's worthy of a relationship, of worthy of being vulnerable with these people. Verse 14 says, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town. Leave them behind. And then he says, and shake the dust off of your feet, which is this like classic, uh, in this time, this phrase, shake the dust, would have been kind of this sense of like removing any sort of memory or guilt or anything that you, you picked up from that situation, just kick it off. And so he's saying, if you're in a relationship, if you go to a town, if, if people are not treating you the way that you need to be treated, leave and Shake the dust. Don't carry that burden, that hurt, that damage with you when you go to the next place. In verse 16, he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. 
Again, there's this idea of you're going out among other people. You're going out in these relationships, and there are people that will hurt you. And so you have to be wise or shrewd like a snake is and be, be aware of what people are doing around you and also be innocent like a dove. You have to show up in love and forgiveness, but it doesn't mean that you just accept anything that comes at you. Jesus is giving them guidelines or boundaries, ways to protect themselves and also protect what they're called to do. Now, there's three questions to ask. I read this earlier uh, this week, and it's been helpful kind of for me as I've thought through boundaries. There's three questions that we can ask ourselves uh, in different relationships. And maybe as I'm talking about boundaries, maybe some of you guys, like there's a name or a face that pops into your mind of like, yeah, it's not like the healthiest relationship, or this person is like very draining, you know, or, or it's difficult to be around that person. Some of you guys, we're like not even done October yet, and you guys are already anxious about Thanksgiving dinner. You're like, I'm going to have to sit down at a table with these people, and I'm related to them, you know. It's like, there, but there's a very real thing with, you know, we, uh, <laughs> I read this article last year that uh, Thanksgiving is the highest sales for alcohol in our country, and, it, I mean, I got to assume it's just so people can make it through the day with the people that they are around. But the reality is that we all carry this sense of, of angst, uh, kind of anxious feelings a lot of times into these, these situations. And it creates this tension for us and with us. And so there's three questions that we can ask. The first question is, what does this do to me? What does this person do to me? Essentially, uh, how do they affect me and how long does it take me to level out when I leave them? How many hours does it take me to get back to ground zero, to unwind, to decompress? Because the reality is, is there's some people in your life that fill you, that make you feel whole and encouraged, and there's other people that are just in a very polite way sucking the life out of you. They're draining you. It causes you tension. And so ask yourself, what does this person do to me? The second question is, what is this? What type of relationship is this? Oftentimes, destructive relationships masquerade as something that they are not. Destructive relationship pretends like it's a friend, and they're just trying to help you. Or it pretends like it's a parent, or it pretends like it's a coworker, and, and ultimately it's really a destructive, it's an unhealthy relationship. And we, we can ask, what is this? Am I obligated to be a part of this? Is there some sort of duty that I have to continue to show up for this beating? The third question is, how long can I hold on to myself? How long can I hold on to myself when I'm with this person? How long do I get to be fully me before I feel like I start to slip away and become somebody that I don't want to be? So in our relationships, we have to be aware of not only what the expectations are of how we communicate what we expect from people, but we also have to learn how to protect ourselves and protect our relationships. How do we, how do we build in a plan into our relationships with the people that matter most to be able to have healthy relationships? The life that Jesus modeled for us isn't a life of accepting things as they are. It's a life of giving of ourselves so that things don't stay how they are. Some of us are paying a high price so that things can just remain the way that they've always been. We're showing up to situations we feel like we're getting taken advantage of or pushed around or whatever it might be so that we don't rock the boat. We're paying a price so that things can stay the same. And Jesus invited us to, in the gospel for our relationships, the hope for our relationships is that we can give of ourselves so that things can be restored and renewed and made whole. 
So we don't have to pay a price for things to stay the same, for things to stay unhealthy, for things to stay broken. We can actually give intentionally, actively give of ourselves so that things can be made whole, so that things can become healthy. When one religious leader asked Jesus in Mark chapter 12, he said, what's the greatest commandment? And this is something many of us are familiar with. Jesus said, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. He was actually quoting that verse that we read earlier during child dedications. And he said, the second greatest commandment is like it. Do you guys know what it is? Bible quiz. Love your neighbor as, yeah, I know it's hard, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. One of the most like challenging and beautiful things about this, and Jesus says that it's the second greatest commandment, but it's like the first. So one of the, it's, it's genius and beautiful and difficult because what Jesus is saying is that you cannot love your neighbor more than you love yourself. And you cannot love yourself any more than you're able to love the people that are around you. The way that we care for ourselves, the way that we protect ourselves is the way that we should be protected. I'll say it this way. Some of us, we kind of have this natural propensity to prioritize other people's needs over our own needs. We put other people before ourselves. And Jesus would be saying to you, you have to love yourself the same way that you're loving other people. You can't love them more. You can't protect them more. You can't care for them more then you care for yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And there's others of us that are in this room that have no problem kind of closing the castle gate and saying, I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to care for myself. I'm going to take the space that I need. And Jesus would be saying, you cannot love yourself more than you love the people around you. The way that you care for yourself and love yourself is tied to the way that you're able to love and care for the people that you're in relationships with. They're one and the same. This is the invitation that Jesus has. It's beautiful and genius and frustrating and difficult. It's not an easy journey. But he's saying that they're tied together. Our relationships are tied together in the way that we care for ourselves and the way that we care for other people. So there's two questions. The band's going to come forward. We're going to have an opportunity to sing more uh, together. Um, and on your uh, seats, there should be a pen and some note paper. And I would encourage you guys, that maybe you've been taking notes, but I would encourage you guys to write these things down. Because sometimes when you write it down, it just sits in your mind a little bit different. But there's two questions that I would have. And the first question that I would encourage you to think about today in this moment and then maybe carry it with you through this week is, what are the unsaid expectations that I have in my relationships? What are the expectations that I have of my closest friends, my spouse, my uh, fiance, boyfriend, girlfriend, parents, kids? What are the expectations that I have that I haven't said? And sometimes that can be difficult to, to think of. And another way to try and get that answer is, um, you know, what are the expectations that are not being met? What are the things that I'm frustrated about in those relationships? Because I would venture to believe that maybe those expectations haven't been clearly stated so for you to think through today in this moment and maybe over the week ahead, what are the unmet or unsaid expectations? And what would it look like to sit down with the people you love most and have those honest conversations? And it's not a one-time thing. It's not an easy thing. It's an ongoing conversation of what's the plan? How can we talk about these expectations? The second question that I want all of us to think through today and into the week ahead 
is where do I need to set boundaries? Who and what should I be protecting? And again, for some of us, it's a personal thing of where you have just sacrificed and given and given so that you don't rock the boat of that friendship, so that you don't rock the boat of that marriage, so you don't rock the boat of uh, the Thanksgiving meal, whatever it might be. You've, you've kind of sacrificed so that things are just, they stay the same. And there's an invitation of, of, from Jesus to set boundaries and protect yourself so that you can be fully who you are. And when you're able to be whole and alive, then you're able to give of yourself so that things can be restored and renewed. Relationships can experience full health. So what are the unsaid expectations and where do I need to set the boundaries? This is a question for us in this moment, but it's a question for us in our relationships as we continue to move forward. It's a conversation that just, just doesn't happen one time, but it's a, it's a conversation we continue to have with the people that we love most. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, your word and for uh, this example that you gave us. It's an example of something that we can achieve. It's, it's something that Jesus was able to do, and we can accomplish this. We can achieve this. We can, we can clearly state our expectations to the people in our lives that matter the most. We can communicate Clearly, we can come up with a plan together and say, hey, today you can do anything you want. You can go anywhere and teach them anything, like Jesus said. While other days and other situations, we can say, I really need this from you today. I need this from you in this season. I need you to show up this way. I need you to, to, to listen in this capacity. And we can accomplish this. We can clarify our expectations and the relationships that matter most if we're willing to slow down and have the conversation. And God, would you help us also be able to see that we have permission to set up boundaries in our life. We have permission to protect not only ourselves, but other people in our lives by creating boundaries of safety so that we can be fully who we're intended to be. Because when we show up fully ourselves, fully loved and known and confident in who we are, then we're able to love other people well. And God, we ultimately know that the, the invitation from you is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. If we're not protecting ourselves, we'll never be able to protect our neighbor. If we're not caring for ourselves, we'll never be able to care for our neighbor. So God, would you give us the courage to, to have these conversations this week? to look inward and to learn who we are and the areas that we can continue to grow because we know that ultimately that your desire for us is for whole, restored, renewed relationships in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.